The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you comfortable discussing money and your personal wealth? If not, where would you start? Is it money and your family, money and charitable contributions, or business and personal wealth? This is Conversations with Money, featuring your hosts, Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. Our show is about real people talking about money. You will develop a better understanding about your conversations with money and also hopefully develop some new habits to make conversations about money easier. Now, here is Franco and Marissa. Welcome. You're listening to Conversations with Money. I am your host, Franco Caligiuri. And I'm your host, Marissa Sepulinski. And we also have another individual here today, and uh, she's an advisor with Capital Core Financial. And welcome, Ali Warnica. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> uh, make sure that... Uh, that in an hour from now. <laughs> of course, she will be excited uh, at the end of the hour here. She's been with us for four years now, so if she hasn't been excited about working with us yet, I don't think this hour will really matter much. Make sure that you're following us uh, on Twitter at Your Money Matters. Uh, there is no E in the matters, so at Your Money Matters, M A T T R S. We just like to be a little bit different here. Our, our website is www.capitalcorefinancial.com. Uh, check us out there. We got uh, you'll be able to see who what Ali looks like by now. You probably know what uh, Marissa and I look like, and you can also go to Facebook, like us on Facebook which is Capital Core Financial, or you can uh, send an email. Marissa, Ali, Ashley, do you want to contribute here? Do you want to provide what the email address is? Sure. It is info at capitalcorefinancial.com. How about that toll-free number? Toll-free number is 1-866-472-5790. Now, the guests that we were going to have on today will not be able to join us, uh, David and Sarah Robertson, uh, due to a scheduling conflict, but uh, we're going to be trying to get them on at some future point, uh, and we look forward to having a conversation with them. Well, our show our show is about tearing apart our beliefs. It's uh, what we create as beliefs within ourselves and what we believe that money is, what the barriers are, and we try to tear them apart. And we try to have real conversations with real people and to see how we can build wealth that is very meaningful to us. Now, I want to start the show by asking Marissa and Ali and myself and, and to all of you, with a, I'm going to provide a little quote here that or a st- statistics, and is 46% divorces are caused by issues around money. Now, I bring that up. I want to lead a show with that because I met a couple last night and they've been married for 27 years and they're still successfully married. They seem to love each other very much. And, well, just met them for the first time, so I'm not sure if it's, it's true, but they seem to really, really love each other and care for each other. And they got married in their late teens, I think uh, 18, 19. And so they're... It's an incredible period of time, and to be married at that young of age, even you have 
the statistics against you where 46% divorces um, uh, or people end up in divorces very at a very young age, I don't think a lot of people end up staying together, especially nowadays. Now, ladies, what do you think about that? As they both stare at me. I feel like we're... I'm on one side and both of you are on one side. I'm what your question is going to be. So what do we think about that as in what do we think about the couple that's successfully married or the, or the fact that ha- almost half of divorces are because of money issues? Well, this show is about money. Mm-hmm. Let's go with money so issues. So let's start there. Money is definitely a conversation that can cause divorce and it could, it could be led by many things where lack of understanding. I've come across couples where... They hid uh, credit card balances and it wasn't until years later or a year later where they couldn't support anymore. So they actually had to confess, if you can call it confess, or come come clean. And that has caused a lot of issues just because mm-hmm. they, the other spouse feels that they were hiding the well, yeah. fact that they had this much in debt. Yeah, it's interesting. Actually, we were talking about this yesterday. Or separate bank accounts. Um, we were talking about this yesterday because I was sharing an example that I, I think I've shared with before in, in that uh, that couple that was married for 46 years that split up because of a breakdown in communication that was largely driven by money issues. So he racked up a significant amount of debt, uh, invested poorly, and was too embarrassed to talk to her about it and it ended up causing them to separate. And I don't necessarily think it was the debt that he racked up, but I, I believe it was the breakdown in communication, and which led, you know, spiraled into everything else. Uh, but it was triggered by the money issues. And, and since it was the daughter of the couple that shared it with me, and I watched her share it and, and, you know, get emotional, but also be able to look at it objectively and realize how, you know, how... Why was she emotional? Uh, I don't think her relationship with money is is uh, the same as, I think it was easier for her to look at it objectively and realize this is absolutely crazy that after 46 years of marriage, we're splitting up because of money issues. Um, Yeah, I think she had a bit more of an objective perspective on it and was able to see. It's interesting you said we. So she was observing it, but you said we. So she included herself as part of that divorce? I didn't realize I said that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's her parents, right? So I think, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think she definitely had a, a more, I think she's separated from it. It's not her divorce. So she's able to be, be more objective about it. But I think after speaking with her was when I became way more connected to the importance of having both spouses or both partners, or even if it's just common law, in the room together when we sit down and talk about financial planning. So making sure when I'm sitting down with one, are you and your partner talking about your finances? Have you and your partner come to the table and shared your financial goals, shared your financial situation? If not, why? And if so, are you willing to bring them into the next meeting? Because I think you and I have both seen over the years a far greater level of success on so many fronts when you have both parties present, both committed to working their financial goals. And that doesn't mean that they have to share everything. It, they could still have a separation. But I think there's a communication, going back to the breakdown in both of those situations that we're talking about. It's communication breakdowns. Ellie, you're, you're nodding your head. Uh, do you have any thoughts and insight into that? I, I do. I mean, I've been married only since August, so I'm not a veteran yet. <laughs> But 
I've learned even in the, the period that we have been together that there's me people and there's we people. Um, my husband is very much a we type of person and he really looks at both of us in everything we do. And I've always been a very much a me person who likes my independence and looks at um, my financial situation separate. So it's been a big learning curve to become more of a we person. And it's, um, but I've found that since I have made that change, there's been so much more camaraderie and so much more communication, like mm-hmm. you said, Marissa. And it doesn't feel like uh, there can ever be a blame situation because it's always looking at how the two of you are working together. If there's a, a failure, if there's something that's not working, then you look at, okay, as a team, where, where, what's going on versus what I think happens in a lot of situations where one party feels hurt by what the other person did or, or sees it as something that was done to them versus looking at like, okay, how can we together um, evolve this? As a team, where, where, Ellie, where did that come from? Where did that me uh, come from? Is it was it taught? Uh, did you observe it from your parents, from your friends? Uh, no, not my not my parents. They were very much we. I experienced them to be very we type people. I think I did grow up though that way, being the the first child and having it, not not that they were like that, but that maybe they treated me like I, um, I could do my own thing, which was good. I think that there's a certain amount of benefit in, in growing up with some of that. And I think it's important to keep some ownership on your own. But I think it just came of always uh, being able to do my own thing and being able to, to appreciate the freedom of that. But then now looking at a partnership, it didn't, it no longer served what I wanted. So what, what caused you or what thought crossed your mind to get you to understand or to see this teamwork and the we approach was, without lack of a better word, um, better than the me approach? Well, a few things. I mean, it actually, to be honest, it was a few conversations I had with you, yourself, Franco. <laughs> you led her into that. <laughs> because I know that that's your philosophy and I challenged you on it and I challenged my husband on it for a while thinking that I could, you know, that we could keep many things separate. And I found that we got to a point where it's not, there are certain things that you just couldn't separate and it and it wasn't like this is your these are your groceries and these are my groceries and we're going to split the fridge down the middle like roommates in college. We're, we're doing these things as a team and we're, the things that we're creating are, are a combination of both of us. So I think the understanding that, okay, if I want that type of relationship, then, then the money part is, is, is part of that. And I didn't, uh, uh, lead you into that one there. I just <laughs> I didn't even think about that. It's just a question that popped through my mind. Uh, I but I do remember those conversations, and I do come across. And it, this is just from from sixteen years of working with uh, thousands of of people and and hundreds and hundreds of couples, and even for my own personal life, when my wife and I we started to have that conversation when we started to look at it. And, but but I I entered actually our relationship from the very beginning of we, 
And I just thought, well, if we're going to make this successful, what's mine is yours, what's yours is mine. And it, it, we don't need to have separate bank accounts just because we're in this together. And, you know, and I've seen you uh, progress and I've seen you change the way that you approach things. And uh, from your, uh, the conversation that we've had, it seems to be working. And it doesn't mean that you're, you're there, even for myself, after 12, is it 12 years now that we're married. Hopefully my wife's not listening, but I think it's 12 years. 12 years. Thank you, Marissa. <laughs> that uh, we still continue to learn and to change and to continue to move forward. But, you know, we move beyond the, the basics of coming together and putting our receipts together or, or not telling each other of, of that I bought this or that. It's, it's very immediate. Were you always a we, like before Carrie? Uh, on the bank accounts or assets together, where I wasn't a we was making the investment decisions. Mm. And it took about six years, no, actually longer, eight, nine years for me to actually realize mm-hmm. that by not including her into those decisions, it was causing a rift. And if I continue on that path, it could have led to a divorce or it could have led to something that which I didn't want to be led towards. It was one day where I wanted her to agree to make a decision on investing in real estate, but really I was going to do it anyways. And she, <laughs> dis- and she just wouldn't listen to me. She shut down completely and did not want to even agree. She was actually quite angry, even just me talking about it. And I couldn't understand why. And then finally I started to ask her questions. Why, why, are you not on board? Why aren't you willing to listen? And then she finally said that you've always made decisions and, and I haven't been comfortable with them. So I, because you're not listening, I, this is how I've reacted. I'm just not going to listen to anything at all. And from that point on, it was a light bulb moment. I started to include her and I started to say no to things if she said that she wasn't comfortable. And that is, it, it's, it's taken our relationship to a whole new level because I will not do anything unless she's on board, because that to me is a greater value, that peace and that happiness. But she's also been very open to things I never thought that she would be. And so it's allowed us to, to grow together and beyond where I even imagined. I was like, I feel like, wow, what an idiot I am that I didn't think about this before, but I just didn't see it that way in the beginning. Curious for, for both of you, since- since I'm the non-married one, so I get to sort of now start asking questions. You're the host today. <laughs> I like this. Hey, but I'll do really well when I am married one day. So not really well, but I, I'm glad that I'm getting these tidbits from you both now. Which it's, it's helpful so I don't do the years of me, uh, which it's I think... It's funny how Ali and I are on the same side now. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be very easy for me to play the me game because I, I think I have for so long. I, I was thinking to myself, Am I a me or a we? Am I a me or a we? And I think there's elements of both. I want to be a we because I see the benefit in partnership in anything, which is why I usually try to, I love having partners for things, even going for a run, going to, you know, do a presentation, anything, in my opinion, is more fun when you've got a partner in it. So if, you know, if I can take as much personally from both of you, even on the we approach to money and finances and planning, uh, it would be great. Um, question, though, for both of you, I guess. How how did you see the we shift affect the rest of your relationship? 
So what areas do you think it had the most mm, profound effects? Because obviously it's not just financial. And I know we're going on to a break in two minutes. So dive right into sex. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <Because> then, <laughs> sex <laughs> always gets better when you start talking about money and yeah, better communication. No, but seriously, I imagine... I just got shy all of a sudden. I imagine <laughs> that the effects of you've turned a nice emperor. I, I don't know why. Color in your cheeks. Um, I imagine the effects of the communication on all levels and approaching things as a we would trickle in to every other element of the relationship. It's a no-brainer. If you break that down and you keep that separate and you create a me mentality and you go me combat with me to me is in a relationship. That's got to affect everything. And if I imagine, not to go back to the sex thing, but if I imagine sex, but I will go back to the sex thing, in a relationship where it's a, two we's versus two me's or me and a we, there's no way. I know we're going on to a break now. Can we keep talking about this <laughs> when we're done? Keep when going. You're back? on the roll. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll let us go on this to a question, break. You're asking a very long <laughs> question. Really, I just apparently want to talk about sex and money today. Okay. So we're going to go on to a break. And when we come back, you can both answer what your thoughts are. How about that? No, we still have a minute left. So (laughs) (laughs) you did a pretty bad job of closing the loop there. (laughs) Okay, we got 30 seconds left. Uh, But if you're you're enjoying this conversation and want to join us, we'd love to have you join us. You can call in toll-free, and the number is 1-866-472-5790. And if you'd like to... To see if you haven't done this yet, you can go to our website. We have a promo video where Marissa and I are on it. Or you can all see our photos in our bio. And Ali is there. And, and we encourage you to go there during the break. Our website is www.capitalcorefinancial.com. And if you also want to join the conversation uh, on Twitter, Diana is uh, on on Twitter, and uh, she's putting out, uh, she has some tweets that are going out, and that is at your money matters. Remember, there is no E in the matters. So go to our website, and we'll see you on the other side. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Conversations with Money. 
with Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at capitalcorefinancial.com. Now, back to Conversations with Money. Welcome back to Conversations with Money. My name is Franco Calgary. And I'm Marissa Sepulinski. And I'm Allie Warnica. Marissa's still not done talking about <laughs> sex and she wants to get it out of her system. During the break, uh, she continued on with the conversation <laughs> and uh, some of it inappropriate to share on air here. And also, it was being, not uh, inappropriate. I was just hypothesizing the idea should of, I stop you before you can of two me's having sex oh, versus two we's so, having sex. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. I don't think that's that unrealistic. I think most. So people, this show is about talking about money, money, money. And before the break, well, and hopefully it gave you a little bit of a uh, homework to do during the break. Uh, hopefully you went to our website and hopefully you enjoyed um, the little promo video that we have, or you're able to check out our bios and, and uh, a photo of Ali, and got to see what Ali looks like. Now. Marissa, you did ask us a question. Uh, you were asking Ali and I a question. and uh, yes. aside Allie, from just the sex, how you noticed it affected your I'm surprised you haven't talked about divorce yet. That's, you, you, that has been the answer for you in some of the other episodes. Well, no, I think that's... I think your boyfriend also I think that's an was, effect was shocked of, of how quickly you went there. That's an effect of <laughs> the lack of communication, in my opinion. But we're, we're not going to talk about that right now. This is about you guys. So, Ali, do you want to uh, <laughs> sure. chime in first? I'll jump in. You know where I've noticed a difference from moving to the we orientation is things like me going away on a trip and me, and me doing a course, for instance... That's something in the past I would have said, hey, honey, I'm going on this trip. <laughs> I see, you see you when I get back, pretty much. And, you know, having conversation but not really looking at, okay, really, how does, how does this support both of our goals? And I think moving to being a we-type family with money is it feeds into other areas in the fact that you start really looking, okay, what's your goals and what are my goals and what are our goals? And really looking at how we can support each other on that. So, okay, yes, let's put this money towards um, what you want to achieve. And then let's put this money towards what I want to achieve. And let's put this money towards what we both want to achieve. But it becomes more of um, a dialogue and an open conversation versus just like, this is what I'm going to do. Catch you later. Mm -hmm. Which feels really good. It feels really like it feels much more um, conducive and to being successful in what you're going for when you have two people put getting behind something versus just yourself. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I would just uh, like to add Marissa into the mix here because Marissa and I are partners in Capital Core Financial. And I would say that uh, it's taken about four years to finally be on the uh, same page. We're recognizing that when we need to make decisions on spending money for uh expenses or to spend money on the business we are in the same page and we're we're heading towards the same direction and i would say that just the partnership and the business itself has become better because of that so marissa if you think about it that way it's no different than marriage or what ali and i can provide it'd be exactly the same Mm -hmm. way that when we don't communicate what happens 
we're not on the same page. And I get upset. And we fight. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ali, Diana, Patty, and everyone else has been part uh, observed those. Uh, uh, what can I say? Uh, really? Arguments? Oh, Diana. She, sorry, I didn't see that, Diana. What, what did mouth, you say? No, never. Right. <laughs> and uh, well, <laughs> and, and same at, at home for my wife and I. We, when we started to, I started to include her with those decisions and started to talk to her about what I'm thinking. What I learned is that she doesn't like debt. She doesn't like to have she doesn't look at the return or the potential return where I do. I'm the optimist. I look at the bigger picture and she looks more today and how will it affect the day to day and how will it, uh, how will she feel towards it? Where for me, it's okay. What type of return can we get? And it's justified. Let's do it where she wants to talk about it. Look at the numbers, write it all, all out. It's no different than you actually, Marissa. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm like in two that. marriages here. I like her to talk about this is very true. Where I like to just go for it. Actually, just even like this radio show here, I approached you and, hey, Marissa, let's do this. This is going to be fun. This is going to be exciting. Where you're looking at, okay, what does this mean? What does it look like? What's it going to cost? What, what, <laughs> everything around that. And w- until you actually work it out and to learn how to look at it from both sides, that's when. But years ago, you would have come to me and said, I want this, I'm doing it. And I'm going to make you see my way. And that's it. And there I would was, say probably even up until six months ago. <laughs> up until yesterday. <laughs> up until this radio show <laughs> recording today. 20 minutes ago. Yeah. No, but I, I think that's where it's funny. That's where I react the most is when you come to the table or when you did. I should use the past tense since because we have worked so much on this. When you, you did come to the table with a you know, for lack of a better, the me mentality, the me approach, the I know what to do and I'm going to do it best and I'm going to make this decision and I'm going to pretend I'm coming to you with an opportunity to give your opinion, but really I'm doing it anyways. Not like we have any experience with that, but yes, you did that for many years. Um, When you did that, my reaction wasn't so much the towards the investment that you were coming to the table with. It wasn't so much, hey, do you want to invest in this in this radio show podcast? Is this a good idea? It wasn't the yes or no on the radio show. It was the way in which you were approaching it is what I would react to. I would react to the feeling of like, I have no voice or I have no say in this or where's the communication? It was a lack of an open communication. That's where I would react. And then I would, as a reaction, go into my me mode. And I would break out from partnership into just like Marissa on her own, needing to, you know, put up a guard in combat and, and come to the table with my own, just protect myself. And so it became all of a sudden when it's interesting, I see how I do that in all areas of my life, but it's like when I feel like the partnership is dissolved or in the way that you're approaching the decision-making process, that, that's immediately where I go. I immediately go to like, okay, I'm on my own. And now, and that's when I get scared and that's when I... I'm not able to usually move forward or back. Like I'm just sort of immobile. You dig in your heels. Yeah, totally. And, and I well, can't even hear objectively what you're saying. But men, men and women approach it differently. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm going to try to speak on behalf of all the men that are out there. Where I, I believe that we look at uh, what we go to the end result and we go, okay, this is what we want. So this is where we're going to go. Let's move forward now. Mm-hmm. 
I think there's also, I was having this conversation. Well, well, how do women approach it before well, you, you I, go to the next? Yeah, and I, I, that's where I'm going is where the women generally, in my experience of, you know, the past 12 years of working with men and women, women have a more uh, security, an approach with a much more, you know, looking for security, looking for lower risk, looking for some, a, a more. Is it really about the lower risk? I really don't think it's that. I think it's more of really fully understanding. Because, I mean, if I take my but wife that's or what even that gives for you, me, but that's what that for me You guys want to understand everything. It's like, let's get to the point where but it's But that's like, what geez, that gives me. It gives me like, safety. Come on, we're it wasting g- time here. It gives me security, though. The more I know, and if I can understand it, if I can understand it and tear it apart and understand the numbers, then I feel safer. I feel more, uh, I just feel safer with it. Opposed to, I think you, I think on a very, I was talking about this with a couple recently, is that on a very primitive level as men, you have a different. You're calling us primitive? No, but on a, on, a, on a very primitive level, you as men have this go out and can go out and seek and conquer ability. So when you see something, it's like you, you're, you're designed to be able to think or you're designed to think I can go out and find more money if need be. Whereas I think for women, we're more nesting and more concerned with will we have enough and security. And we don't necessarily see that option to go out and hunt and gather and bring back the same way. So, so there's a dependence and, and a, there's a distinct difference there for men and women that I see consistently. Uh, and I don't want to blame that on my desire for greater amounts of security than you. But I definitely see it playing out consistently. And... I can relate to that, especially being female. Almost you're, seven you're on months, my side, right, Ali? Almost seven. You're on my side. Well, well, I can relate to both, but I, I, I'm much more of a, I don't need to understand it. I just need to trust in the system or in the person that I'm dealing with. If, if I trust them and I feel good, and that's another very female trait, if I feel good about the situation, if I feel good about the person that I'm working with, then great. I don't even I don't need to understand the numbers in and out. I just need to have a certain feeling around it, which sounds very nondescript, but it's it's I think that's how many women operate is going off how they feel. For my yeah, for myself being six months pregnant, I also agree with you, Marissa. I'm definitely looking much more in a security way. There's a reality to the fact that there'll be a period of time when I won't be able to actively be in the workforce. So I do feel a sense of I want to have this buffer. I want to have a certain amount of money in my account so that I can know and I can have, again, that feeling that I will be okay and that I'll be secure. Well, that's, that's interesting. It, <clears throat> if we take a look at the, the two different approaches and if we were looking, because it sounds like we're, we're after the same thing. It's the same thing. We're looking for an end result. But how we get there, the, the paths are very different. So the questions that we ask, how we process that, that information, how we make that decision, and where we, we, we go for advice to, I would say that men typically will try to formulate the solution on their own, mm-hmm. where, from my experience, women like to talk it out. On end. But and I know you're making fun of me when you say women like this is me he's referring to. And I'm no, okay with that. No, that's just you. It's just but, but I've been in meetings because this office, if you go to our website, which is <laughs> www.capitalcorefinancial.com, you can see 
our staff, nice it was all dog. women. And I'm the only guy. And so sometimes we could be in meetings and, and I mean, we could be talking about the same thing for, for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, but we could talk about 10 things and then come back to it 20 minutes later. And I'm still on just that first thing. I've come to learn how to have multiple tabs open in my head. Right. So that you can follow with us. But so you see where I'm going with this? See what I'm saying? Yeah, but don't you think that the two, like now that we're working together, you know, now that we've worked through our. You just realized that? No, but now years. that we've become we's and really approach it I, I would agree. as yes. we instead of a me going to bat with a me, I feel like, granted, yes, sometimes we still talk stuff out, or I should say I talk stuff out and you listen. <laughs> um, but there's so much more. I always. Yeah, I just feel- saw you like 20 minutes before and I'm <laughs> on my way home. Oh, do you, can, can we talk? Okay, I get it. They they get it. I like to talk. But my my point is, I don't know what my point was, but my no, <laughs> talk it out. My point of where I was going was, don't you think there, I think there's a value to it. I think there's a value to, in a lot of those conversations, when we do come to the table as we's, oftentimes we end up seeing other other angles or other options and are able to work through stuff in a much more comprehensive female way. <laughs> I do agree. I've come to learn that. And, and I think that men can definitely learn how to communicate better. But from, if, I'm going to ask you both you this. So if we can draw, now draw a line. So both you on one side, me on the other. What, what can men do to communicate better? So what, what, what can men do to actually well, let me ask you, Marissa. So what can I do to actually get you to come up to my side and agree to what I'm thinking about that, that can benefit the company or even benefit her else? I think first things first is making me, helping me see that making me, making helping, helping me see that I have a voice in it. Helping me see, like I said, my biggest reaction before was feeling like I didn't have a voice, feeling a communication breakdown, feeling like you were approaching it as a me and then feeling like I didn't have a say. That, that's definitely, you know, when we're 50-50 partners and I feel like I don't have a say, I go into, whoa, we're me's. So I think coming to the table in a way in which I really feel like this is a decision we're making together. In so many ways, you've trained me to to for a future marriage to be a very, like, much stronger communicator. Seriously, because I've learned so much going through this process of how to make decisions together instead of coming at it on our own. Um, but I think that's probably the the biggest thing that I have taken away from this in terms of learning to communicate and work in a way that's really equal partners, equal settings, and not. And even if one partner makes more than the other, if they're approaching the other partner with "let's make a household decision" or "let's make a decision for the children," just because one partner makes more than the other, everyone's contributing in some sort of way. You just brought up a very big topic and issue right there. We can have a whole show just on that. But how about if one partner does make more than the other? And actually, let me add this. How about if a female Mm -hmm. makes more than a male? Now we're going into a break here and I know I opened up a big can of worms here that we can go on and on about this. But but, uh, I like to continue on that. But maybe just a very quick 30 second thought from both of you on that. I think it's totally doable and it's very common 
these days. And it's, again, it's all about communication and it's not about who wearing the pants. I think that's where it can get a problem if, if egos get involved. And I can elaborate on that later. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. I'm, I'm stumped on this. This is really interesting. It's funny because we're doing a presentation on Friday where we specifically talk about the myth of you should never make more than your partner as a female. And, uh, and how that plays out in our life and how a lot of women... Uh, to some degree, don't take full responsibility for their assets and get up to speed on it because there's this <clears throat> belief that we shouldn't make uh, more than our partners. And so I think it's played out in a lot of a lot of relationships for sure. Uh, Actually, that's right. Uh, you are doing a presentation this Friday. Just before you continue on because we're going to be going to a break here uh, very, very soon. Can you share with... Um, with our listeners uh, if they want to get more information on that because I think actually that presentation that you're doing this Friday is an important one. Um, you, you explained a little bit about it, but if you don't have that information for you, we can always come back from the break and we can provide the details on it. But but why did you agree to actually do this presentation? Well, the, the presentation itself is called W North. It. It's the W North Conference and it's in Whistler. And it's some women that I believe are, you know, have a great mission of, of educating other women and getting speakers out there for women on the rise is how it's marketed. And there'll be some amazing speakers, a lot of women in their uh, mid-30s in the audience. And I think are great, great, it's a great opportunity for us to speak to a lot of those women more clearly about money from a female perspective in a way that our, our presentation specifically is one that is relatable, I think. It takes an approach to money in a much more uh, authentic, real, relatable, and yet there's takeaways. There's takeaways and there's things that people can implement right away to help clarify for themselves their financial goals and separate a lot of the subjectivities and stories like what I just said about, you know, you should never make more than your partner or, um, you know, you should never hoard your money, you should never lose your money, all the conflicting limiting beliefs that we carry around with us. So when I heard about the, the conference itself, I thought it was a great opportunity to get in front of some women that I think have, you know, are some of the people that I really want to help shift those perspectives. Even if one person in the audience has an aha moment in recognition of how they may not be using their money as best as possible because of those limiting beliefs in terms of, you know, what we're talking about and the money stories that they carry around, it would be a win. What's the website if people want to check out the website of the conference? It's wnorthconference.com. Great. And it's this Friday in Whistler and there's still tickets. So oh, fantastic. Perfect. Okay, we're going to be going to a break here. And uh, once again, if you want to ask us a question or, or provide a comment, uh, the email address is, Ali, you want to provide that? Sure. It's info at capitalcorefinancial.com. Great. We're going to break and we'll see you on the other side. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. 
Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv. Just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support you. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Conversations with Money with Franco Calagiri and Marissa Sipolinski. To reach our show today, please call 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to info at capitalcorefinancial.com. Now, back to Conversations with Money. Welcome back. Uh, I am your host, Franco Calagiri. And I'm your host, Marissa Sepulinski. So before the break, we were discussing and... Oh, no way, Franco. I think it's important to discuss what you, you just dropped off? on me. <laughs> oh, now you're making me cut you off. You made me cut you off. Um, I, think it, I think it's a pretty funny point to share what you just did on the little break. What did I do? Well, you look at me and say, oh, by the way, we got approval to write a book. <laughs> Why are you sharing this for me? Hey, Marissa, <laughs> there's an idea I have. Do you want to sit down and talk about it? Well, see, hey, I Marissa, have ideas all the time. I have this idea. It's going to be a bit of an investment, but we're going to be writing a book. How do you feel about that? Well, didn't I ask the question, how do you feel about that? No, actually, I think what is you said is we're writing a book. Right. How do you feel about that? And then your face lit up and you had this big smile. And then you said, aren't you excited like me? <laughs> we'll discuss it after the show. We'll, we'll set aside some time. Our personal issues. Well, make sure that uh, you are following us on Twitter, and our Twitter handle is at Your Money Matters. Remember, there's no E in the matters. Um, I've mentioned our Facebook, uh, or sorry, our website many times, but once again, it's www.capitalcorefinancial.com, or you can like us on Facebook, and you can go to Capital Core Financial. I think the important message I'm thinking, actually, as I, I was just laughing in my head about what you just did with the whole book thing. It's work in progress. It's not like one day we just become we's and we're all of a sudden all communicating together and we're this crazy happy partnership in whether it's a relationship or a business partnership. I think it just takes like you train it. You train it. It's and, a commitment to, to change too. Yeah, totally. And I mean, we've both improved, but there's still room for improvement. When There's always going to be room for improvement. So that was more so just funny because that's what we're talking about. And you literally came with this oh, <laughs> with this me decision. Some, some habits are hard to break. <laughs> but, but if we take a look at, uh, I'm cutting you off here. Uh, but if we take a look at 20 years from now, if we were to sit down here, here we are 20 years later, what would we say? Would we still be sitting down here as partners in this business? 
Or would we be our separate ways? Or would we be able to successfully say and, you know, and be proud about it that we actually worked on it to be able to create a business together that uh, has strength, that has a foundation because we are willing to change. Yeah, that sounds I, more exciting. Totally, and I think I think that's why we need to have this conversation, and that's why I wanted to do these podcasts and and get the message out that the conversation about money is important, because you know it's just the elephant in the room if you don't, and it's there, and we don't talk about it. And there's so many couples we've seen it so many times where they keep it separate, they don't talk about it, no one has any idea what the other partner is, debt, savings, etc. And then they come to buy a house together, and and they're surprised when one person doesn't get approved for a mortgage or whatever it might be. And or it it trickles in and affects all the other areas of their life um, in in regards to the relationship. So I think we've started by having the conversation. Mm. And I think that's allows us the opportunity to be that that partnership in 20 years sitting down here and successfully communicating on the same page with the business, with investments, with money. Well, let's talk about solutions now. Let's close off the show with with some solutions Ali, why don't you come back in here and, and join us? You're leaning back. Come on, get a little closer. <laughs> a little closer. There we go. So, Ali, what would you say would be some solutions that some, some, some people can actually take away and start to implement? What did you do? What did you do to get this process going? And Because you seem very comfortable now. Just even you talking about it, you, you're very quick at saying, we. Yeah, and it, it wasn't a quick... Uh, turnover though it was it was a practice indeed and the biggest thing though was implementing something that you brought up was the weekly budgeting meetings and making it fun and making it like you've said make a coffee make an afternoon out of it and just set aside that time to communicate and find out where we're both at together and that was huge for us because it was the first time that we both saw exactly where we were at as a couple and it was it opened so many conversations, and then from there it just became natural, became part of what we did, and and who we were. So I think that's a big part. I think the other thing is looking, like what we were talking about, if one partner makes more, or one partner makes less, or maybe it changes month to month. Really looking at what you make that mean, I think, is important to look at. For for women who feel like it's not okay to make more, I think. It's, it's interesting because I think many women, part of them wants to be very successful and run the show, but there might be a small, even unconscious part that still wants to be taken care of. And that we see that all the time. And so they do a bunch of behaviors to keep themselves small in a lot of ways. So I think if you look at your patterns and you look at, okay, this doesn't even make sense. I don't know even where this feeling is coming from. Then you can actually say, okay, this is not even real. It's not reality. It's just something that I made up. And even talk about that and talk about both couples and what stories are playing out and really just opening the dialogue. I think that's number one. I appreciate that. That's great. And, and budgeting definitely is, is part of that. So when you, where, where do you think you are now from where you started even, I'd say, a year ago? Because you've been, you'll be married uh, a year coming up in the summertime. So where do you say that you're at now? Like, what do you think that you could be looking at to to be doing differently um that's something that you could be doing over the next six months or next year i i think even more of a dialogue i think once a week is important but i think 
now that we're getting clear on the numbers and where we're at, the next step for us is really actively working towards our goals together and checking in on that. Um, now that we have that kind of base understanding, I think that's where we would like to go as a couple is saying, okay, we want to buy purchase this property, we want to go on this trip, and checking in you know, daily or weekly and saying, okay, wh- where are we at in regards to that? And so that you, there is that sense of, okay, now we, we want to build together. And um, I think that's, that's our next step as a couple. Mm-hmm. And as you continue to, to grow together, you, you will uh, continue to, or you'll find out certain things that will come up. And as you refine the process, as the budgeting becomes second nature to you, as you work on those goals and you work together on achieving those goals, you'll just elevate the, the issues. If, do you know what I mean by that? Like, oh, for sure, definitely. It brings everything up to the surface. Is that what you mean? That's right, and it allows you to be able to work on that next level, that next issue that comes up, and you'll continue to grow together. And I think that's, that's part of the process is growing together and looking at it, we're together on this. Marissa, over the last four years, in, in the beginning, you would say for the first two and a half years, we're in this together, you know. <laughs> Do you remember that? Very clearly. And also, you know, I started using that, I uh, started saying that in my own marriage and just saying, you know, we're in this together. And actually that, that allowed me to stronger, change though. the way I, that I approach it. I can approach decisions feeling so much more confident and so much stronger in a partnership. And when I feel like my partner, whether it's a romantic relationship or a business partnership, when I feel like we're in this together, as I say it, uh, and I have that we got each other's back feeling, I feel like I, I'm on top of the world and I can make any decisions and I feel powerful and I feel smart and I'm, I can capitalize on, on more opportunity. Like I, I become the better version of me when I feel like that. And you don't even have to be doing anything. It's just this feeling of strength I get from a, a good communication in a solid partnership. And that could be I've had it with Ali where we've done presentations together and we're on, each, on the team together and I've had it with you and I've had it in relationships. But it's the key thing that I think when I have had failed relationships that's been missing. It's the key thing when I, whenever I've had experienced failed relationships or have, you know, helped couples in terms of here in the boardroom with their finances, the consistent piece when I see the failed or the divorces, which we've seen many divorces over the years because of money issues, that key piece is coming together not as a team and coming together not with clear communication and not sharing with each other their stories on why they do what they do. I think that's an important point is, is you, you talked about the budgeting and you talked to Ali, both of you talked about the budgeting and that's an important part, but not just here's my numbers, this is what I spent my money on, but if somebody's consistently living outside their means and buying those, you know, name brand purses that are, are far outside of what they really need, it's a matter of also saying like, this is why I'm buying these things. For a lot of people, it roots back to something at a very young age. And there's something driving that need to buy certain things. So I think it's also having an open communication with your partner to challenge them on what's driving your purchase decisions. Not, not just what are your purchase decisions, but what's driving it. So it. Allie and I were building this presentation for Friday, and we were looking at our own personal money stories. When I was four or five years old, I used to watch women come over to my mom's high-end clothing store and try on these fancy dresses and fancy clothes, very expensive, and they would all be smiling and laughing and excited, and they'd leave, and I would, you know, my little four- or five-year-old body would try on these women's dresses and smile and dance and, and look at myself in the mirror. 
And in that moment, I linked all these fancy, expensive things that you could buy with lots of money to happiness and excitement and, and that feeling that I thought that they were exuding. And it took me getting to a point where impulse you know, decisions became larger and larger to shinier objects. You're always cha- in that chase to have to look at, like, what is driving these purchase decisions? Not just, okay, this is how much I'm spending, because I can easily justify it, maybe. Even if I can justify, but what's driving those decisions? And I think until you share that in your partnership, I don't know if budgeting is, I mean, budgeting is, is great, but I think that is the missing part. I think it's just as important as the budgeting is the communication around it. So agreed. I think the budgeting is a is a is a template. It's a jumping off point to have mm-hmm. the further discussion on the on the mo- more emotional basis of what's your story and why you're doing what you're doing. I can't believe that we only have three minutes until the end of our show because I am personally myself enjoying the conversation that we're having and I know that we can go on for a couple more hours I could go on for a lot more than a couple hours (laughs) you know that I like to talk (laughs) are we we looping back to that no we're not going back to that if we're going to go back let's go back to the effects of the relationship of making the open communication well I and (laughs) And dismissed right well we got to move forward uh, Ali, I want to thank you for, for joining us uh, today. We enjoyed having you uh, part of our conversation. Um, we learned from you, and hopefully you were able to get a few, something out of it too, yourself. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, I'm glad you were able to join us, Ali, because I think for a lot of people, you know, for me, I, I've watched you over the years go from being a very me to, to the we that you are today and that you speak in this we and now married with a baby on the way. It's, it's been amazing to watch you shift your approach and create that communication with your partner. And um, I think even our communication has obviously developed quite a lot over the years. And so it's been a, a amazing to watch you progress, which is why I think it's relatable for a lot of people. And I'm glad that you were able to share your message of implementing small little pieces that can change you from a me approach to a we approach and how that makes your entire life better. So Marissa, what did you get out of this episode today? What did I get out of the episode? What did you get out of it? I, I was just you always kind clo- of you always close. I was just kind of closing it up with Allie. <laughs> oh, I just wasn't listening to that because I'm <laughs> yeah. Diana. Oh, I see. Okay. No, I think is that what you're telling I, me. No, I think we only got um, a minute left. We, I think just really the importance of approaching finances in your partnership as a we, and that gives you the ability to approach everything as a stronger partnership. Approach every aspect of the relationship in a more cohesive and stronger form. So I'm excited. I feel, I feel clear on what it would take to implement as small next steps and in our partnership, you and I. Absolutely. As we communicate clearly. Well, thank you. Thank you, Ali, for joining (laughs) us. Sorry. I was, I was, I just had a thought in my, in my mind. And uh, Marissa, thank you for, uh, for being my co-host. Of course. Thank you. Yeah. All right. And, We want to thank everybody for listening in. We hope that you enjoyed the show and we continue to invite you to send an email or or to follow us on Twitter, check us out on our website or like us on Facebook. And we look forward to seeing you next week and chatting with you next week. And what's our tag? Have a wealthy week. Have a wealthy week. 
thank you for tuning in this week. Please join Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski again for another edition of Conversations with Money next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wealthy week. We'll be right back.